why are you making a face? They, they ask the count. Now I'm like subconscious. Like, wh- why are you making a face after I'm done counting? Oh, it had nothing to do with the counting. What? What's the problem, man? Very rarely do I get to witness any level of frustration on your face. <laughs> None whatsoever. That wasn't <laughs> frustration at all. Oh, okay. That's good. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, man. How are you? Just just fantastic. Good. Dandy. Fantastic is good. As a matter right? of fact. Good. Fantastic good. and dandy. Both are good. Um, so the opening question is, Kev, have you been watching the NBA playoffs, man? How are you? Dude. It's so <laughs> it's so terrible. How much I have not watched a single minute. Of gameplay. <laughs> oh man, you are missing out. You are missing out. I I know, I know, I know. That's the thing. I, I like if if you said, okay, Kev, I have a million dollars. If you can explain what play in means, <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I would not. I'm I not would, even gonna try. I'd just tell you, go ahead and go ahead and keep your money and be quiet. I went from liking it or from liking it to disliking it to really liking it again to I I'm not really sure where I stand on it but it mm. it was fun to watch so cool. I mean I would prefer my squad not be in it but it was definitely mm-hmm. fun to watch <laughs> <laughs> So yeah man I I've, I've really been into it I've, I've been watching um how, why is my volume like this I've been I've been watching it pretty closely I mean, as you can as you would suspect, right, or mm. expect from me, but, um, and it's weird because in the Western Conference, outside of the Lakers losing, I'm I'm kind of okay with what's happening, right? Like I'm like, I right, I wanted I want Denver to lose. Um, I'd, I'd like to see the Trailblazers beat Denver, and um, I I don't have any expect expectations of Memphis to beat Utah. Of course, I'd like the Lakers to win, but they are the number seven seed versus the number two for various reasons. And um, as much as I cannot stand the Mavericks, well, I don't have a problem with the Mavericks. I think the Luka Luka narrative is what bothers me more than anything else, but he's an excellent player. So there's that. If the Clippers go out in the first round, it's like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to laugh. Do you, how, how much do you get affected are you able to separate? Because if anyone I know can separate the fans from the the gameplay and the players, it's you. But I still feel Definitely. like sometimes. <laughs> no, nah, you know what I mean. Or it's fan, funny fan, we, not you know, fans, we, fandom, fandom. Oh yeah, I'm I'm like the worst as far as like diehard reactionary fans. I'm I would be considered the worst. I'm not like that at all. Like I, <laughs> I'm very diplomatic. Um, I can have, you know, in-depth conversations, give props to players that that Laker fans or any any team I'm rooting for is allegedly supposed are allegedly supposed to hate. Like I don't have any of it. Um the only time I'll act out is if you come at me. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. I'm really being most times I'm being diplomatic, having a regular discussion. But if you try to get at me, then I'm gonna just kind of trash your whole squad. And I know how trash your squad is statistically, so it's it's gonna be a worse trashing than you. You know what I'm saying? So I I I know the good I study the good and bad of these teams because I love the sport, at least with basketball. So right. yeah, man, I can always separate it. I I here's the thing. 
I mean, you were in New York when the Clipper fan thing started, but you were in New York when the Brooklyn thing started, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I feel like is I feel like this year is kind of a. I, I, well, I don't know how it is there in in Brooklyn, but it feels like a kind of a different thing this season. Was it was it like were Knicks fans like, oh man, hey, shut up, y'all, y'all knew it would, you know what I mean? Uh, how I did mean, Knicks fans react? I, I don't think Knicks fans will ever change. I think it's just always okay. going to, it's just like Mets fans. It's the same thing. I'm sure. All right. Yeah. Or Jets fans. <laughs> I think the thing is for for the for the Lakers and the Clippers, when this all started six, seven years ago, when they started to get good or whatever time period that was, I think Laker fans were like, What rivalry? Mm. And 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 Clipper fans took that as this major disrespect, but there was never any genuine rivalry. Like if you were a Laker fan in LA, you went to Clipper games because they were cheap. And your church group or your school would take you. You wasn't it was you weren't anti the Clippers, and then there became this whole thing, pretty much born of out of towners, but where there was all of a sudden some made up rivalry. And to this day, I still don't understand it. I'm definitely not a Clippers fan, and less one now than I would ever ever yeah, be before. That's like, but I just never really saw a rivalry. In, in that's anything. like saying there's a like a Dodgers Angels beef or something. Yeah, like, it's like. Not really even. A, first well, of all, unless, you're, unless you're like Billy is. Crystal, I don't want to hear you talking about the Clippers necessarily. <laughs> or Kadeem Hardison. Oh. Um, <laughs> no, there is a Dodgers Angels beef for Angels fans, though. So is that what it is? The Angels or the Clippers? <laughs> right. I mean, I mean, but but that's unfair to the Angels because the Angels actually have a storied history where they have been successful. So you can't call them Clippers because Clippers have never truly been successful. But right. I, I was at a bar 10, 11 years ago. Um, and that's when I found out that Angels fans had beef. I was like, oh, there's a rivalry? I I never it's, knew it's that. So like, I, I didn't know me. that there know. was a problem. Because my, my, you know, my dad was always an Angel, has always been an Angels fan. But yeah. after, once, I mean, it's also, you know, completely, you know, National League, um, American League. So once the season's drawing to a close, if the Dodgers are in it, we're Dodgers fans. I mean, you know, essentially, yeah. right? It's like LA fans. But yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't ever a, I don't know. I also feel yeah, like I it wasn't, it was, it. it was like very lopsided, I feel like, for for most of the the last 30 years or whatever, except for, I think recently, probably not, but, but for a lot of the well, last, yeah, the Angels. you know, when I was a kid, it was like pretty lopsided. Until last year, the Angels had won the most recent championship mm-hmm. or World Series. So, you know, yeah. as far as keeping tabs, they were the most recent winners. Um, And I'm not, I mean, Clipper fans have been pretty quiet based, based on what happened last year, but uh, when there is any talk of anything, it's like, look, my measure of a good team is, or good franchise, is when the pieces are together, they win. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? When you when you get the good players and the, and, the, and the coach and everything, you win. And there there are a lot of franchises that that can't claim that. You know what I'm saying? And I know I, I recognize also that man, sports. The way we talk about sports, we talk about it in such a like anybody can do it type way but it's like dude when you 
recognize the amount of work these dudes put in to be successful in their respective sports, man. It's it's not easy. It's definitely not super easy. So I kind of try to keep that in mind when I'm talking about players. But for fans, man, I'm just like, all right, man, whatever. Like, especially when the Lakers won a chip last year, I was like, "Mm, I don't know. You could, you cannot count it if you want to, but it's going in the record books. Mm -hmm. And when Mm -hmm. you die, then books is going to remain. So I don't care how you feel. Just write it in the book and we done. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, you'll be those those books will be here longer than you way longer. So those those conversations are so far behind like what I care to even think about. Was it was it the fans though that were good because of the bubble? Was it was it the fans that were saying no there's an asterisk or was it or was it the haters that were saying it was fans of other teams? I mean I think most of I mean there was not a single Laker fan, I think, that said it didn't count. But Mm. Um, yeah, it was fans of other teams and just whatever. But I, the, my thing is, if your team won, would you say the same thing? The answer is no, right? <laughs> so let's, let's let's keep it let's keep it moving. If the Clippers won that, if the Clippers won last year, people would just be talking, well, record book. It's in the record. Yeah. They'd be talking the same shit. I'm talking all so, fifteen of all, all fifteen of those fans would be rallying in the street for two weeks after <laughs> right, the actual <laughs> real ones. Yeah, it's like first one and and Billy Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, man, that's that's a fair amount of sports talk. Um, yeah, we're gonna get to. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask you another question when we get to the other side. So let's just okay. get to the other side right now. You ready, Kev? Let's do it. Let's go. I don't even know what that was, but let's go. Rap sucks. Radio. Blah 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 blah. What up, y'all? You alive right now on Rap Sucks Radio with your homeboy Trek Life and your fam, Kev Sakota. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I wasn't ready. <laughs> You're going very quickly. I barely have a well, barely man, have a moment me, to let breathe. Me slow down. <laughs> let me slow okay. down. Uh, okay. For those of y'all who do, uh, I guess none of you would know this. Um, my wife is not home. I'm with my my youngest little girl, so I. You're trying to get it I'm in, get in, and at get a pace out. Where when they walk in this door, I kind of want to be as as close to done with the show as possible because the dog gonna start barking and questions is gonna start flying, and so. But I'm gonna slow down. I'm gonna slow down. All right, let me run it back. What up, y'all? You alive on Rap Sucks Radio with your homeboy Track Life and your fam, Kev Sakota. I still got nothing. Oh, come on, man! Thank y'all for tuning in, man. We appreciate each and every one of y'all. Um, if you would like to catch past episodes of Rap Sucks Radio, you can go to rapsucksradio.com if, um, or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. If you would like to catch this show on your television, you can go to BTSN. That's Behind the Scenes Network. What you do is you download the app or channel on your Roku or any of your Amazon Fire devices. Click on the app or channel and boom, we right there with tons of other dope content. BTSN, Behind the Scenes Network. We want in. And lastly, if you would like to catch us on YouTube, you would go to Rap Sucks Radio on YouTube, and we are right there. Um, I want to do something real quick that we haven't done before, Kev. Um, I've been listening to a couple podcasts, and I want to give them some shout-outs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Real quick, I think everybody should check out the Rhyme Animals podcast. I'm not – I don't know them personally. I know Biz was on there. But the oh, Ron okay. Animals podcast is dope. Sports Connect is a dope podcast. It's two women, um, Karima and Dawn. 
They uh, they discuss all sports. Uh, specifically, I know Karima said tennis is her jam, but she has a great. They both have a great basketball opinion. Um, even though one of them is a Celtics fan, so I don't know if that's entirely possible, but you know that's how that works. And uh, <laughs> and lastly, man, the Fresh Air podcast. It's it's Word. been really dope. Really, really stupid dope. fly yeah, informative. So shout out to stupid fly. Yep, um, big cheap shot. Kev, double O. Yeah, shout out to cheap shot. Double O. All the people who tell Kev to not support my career because it's not going away. So look, we're. I'm just kidding. We're going to. Um, I do have a question. Speaking of my career, so okay. my EP Crown Heavy dropped. Yay! This past Friday. You mean our yeah. EP? Our, I'm going to say that our EP because he was the the um, unwilling marketing guy for <laughs> for this record. Um, Kev, thoughts on the EP? It's all right. You were the you were the Quincy Jones of hip hop. <laughs> Actually, Duke Westlake is the Quincy Jones of hip hop. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right, we're just no. Gonna... It's it's fantastic. <laughs> I really do. I really did enjoy it. Right. I'm glad that you forced me to listen to it. <laughs> it takes a lot. <laughs> I still haven't listened uh, to the entire J. Cole record. So that should tell you something. How many songs is on that J. Cole record? Enough. Because okay. I, I mean, it's I, not, we deliberately. It's about one. Like, it's about one eighth of a Busta Rhymes record, but it's it's. Wow. And it's, I, it's not like it's is. super long. It's just, you know. We had an under 15 minute runtime for a reason. Like we were like, yo, let's, <laughs> you know, it's sort of like me Get doing out. this show right now. Like, yo, let's, okay, next, next step, let's go. So that's, that's what um, we should do. That's, that should be the new rule for all rap is that it should be like golf. The lower <laughs> your score, the better. <laughs> the lower golf is like the longest sport of all time so you definitely had to clear that all right speaking of rap in low scores um kev who has to chill this week wait hold on hold on a second the ep huh. is called crown heavy it is available at bandcamp.com oh, no it's treklife.bandcamp.com you can cop the ep five songs in an intro produced by duke westlake it's called crown heavy um i haven't released a record in a project in eight years. So, you know what I'm saying? Um, I hope y'all enjoy it. Crown Heavy, treklife.bandcamp.com. And if you if you purchase it now, do you still get a chance to win a dream uh, date with Trek Life? Or is that not? No, you, you don't. That was never that? an option. That was oh, okay. That's never an option. However, of the cassette collector's pack, which includes a cassette, uh, of course you get the digital what's copy a, of the record. What's a cassette? Right? A cassette. Um, sticker pack, keychain, crown heavy keychain, mm. whole nine yards. Two are left as of the as we record this. So only two left. So that, that if you hear this on excellent. Tuesday, it might be too late, but there are two left as of Sunday, uh, five twenty three. So two left. Hopefully, there's some left when you listen to this podcast. You can go cop it now. But once it's off the internet, it ain't never coming back. That's you it. might be able to cop one or two of the show. I saved just enough for a few to sell the shows, but it ain't very many. So let's Limited go. Limited drop. Do it. Limited drop. Yeah, yeah do it. All right. Um, yeah, so let's get into who got to chill, man. So, Kev, who got to chill? I think your boy, 
Your boy Fat Joe. I mean, you know, a little bit. Got to chill a little bit. All right. So Fat Joe, uh, Fat Joe kept, t- kept titled this topic, The Quincy Jones of Overstatement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. In the wake of DJ Khaled's latest album release, Fat Joe dubs the producer The Quincy Jones of Hip Hop. <laughs> you know what I saw this this came into my email and I totally skipped out on it uh, the griot is the source for this players involved are Fat Joe uh, DJ Khaled Quincy Jones and you said reality but I might say uh, a lack of reality maybe fantasy might be you know that. what I just realized I don't think I finished all the players lines in this so <laughs> I do have a kind of a, a, a um, a waiting to wait. I haven't. All right, let me let me get this and then we'll discuss it. So, yo, um, Fat Joe became a trending topic after the Bronx rap, rapper praised DJ Khaled for his musical success success and concluded that he's the quote Quincy Jones of hip hop unquote during an appearance on the Drink Champs podcast hosted by Nori and DJ EFN. Um. Fat Joe gave Khaled his flowers for constantly dropping hit records with the biggest names in hip hop. He said, quote, people take away the greatness from Khaled and say, well, he just gets a bunch of big time rappers and puts them on the same song. Uh, There's a million DJs and producers that try that and those ain't hit records. And it's been a long time since we heard Nas and Jay on what to me sounds like a smash hit, like a smash hit that can play on the radio it's streaming incredibly, so DJ Khaled really is the Quincy Jones of hip-hop right now. Fat Joe Quince, uh, christening DJ Khaled, while kind, was not exactly re- well-received by the public. Some internet commenters disagreed with the rappers comparing of Khaled to 28 Gram- oh, Grammy Award-winning legend Quincy Jones. That was a bit of shade, throwing the Grammy list in there, but go ahead. Um, <laughs> Jones has produced and wrote... And composed a litany of hits, including Michael Jackson's Off the Wall, Thriller, and Bad Studio albums. While DJ Khaled's chart success as an artist producer doesn't match that of the iconic Quincy Jones, he does hold one Grammy Award for Hire, featuring John Legend, and the late Nipsey Hussle. Mm -hmm. A number one on the Billboard Top 100 chart, I'm the one featuring Justin Bieber, and several other Hot 100 hits. So, um... Yeah, there's some comments from people on the internet, but, uh, and, you know, whatever. I guess, all right, I'm sorry, y'all, but, you know, these people don't really matter, but whatever. Bro, the whole album is, this is a quote from an internet commenter. Bro, the whole album is used samples of mostly classic songs, not creativity, wrote one commenter on Instagram. Um, And the editor of Phil, editor of Huff Post, Philip Lewis, Quincy is an actual musician, not a curator. curator. Fat Joe is on timeout for this statement. (laughs) Um, All right. So, yeah. (laughs) Fat Joe responded, but it's it's negligible. Kev, go ahead. Your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, first of all, let's start by recognizing the fact that if Fat Joe is the gotta chill dude, we've had a very positive week. I wish we had cheer sounds. You it's know, been all most, right. Yeah. It's been quiet. It's been relatively quiet. <laughs> yes. You know, shout shout to everybody in the Middle East who is not having a quiet week. But for us, correct. For relatively us. Yes. quiet. So relatively it's just quiet. not that big of a deal. And to get flamed by Huffington Post, your source for all hip hop 
relevant commentary. <laughs> it's really not that big of a deal. <laughs> but we will talk about this. We will talk about this. You have you you've seen you know the album The Dude, Quincy's album? That mm-hmm. little statue on, on the cover of it? Mm-hmm. That statue kind of reminds me of Khaled, but that's about as close as, <laughs> as, as listen. As far as rap goes, everything Khaled has produced has been better than Back on the Block. That's for sure. Wow. I was gonna say out of out of Quincy's twenty-eight uh okay, so so Khaled has won three Grammys, which is by the way, three yeah. Grammys most than more than pretty much everyone else. Three of Quincy's Grammys, I believe, were for Back on the Block. <laughs> wow. So it's it's actually just as fair to say that Quincy Jones is the Quincy Jones of hip hop. That's I guess I gotta <laughs> I mean, I never let a statue, but I got it. I got to hold that L, I guess. Um, I still would say playability of that, even with Big Daddy Kane on it, was not super fresh. Uh, That's also the album that had Setembro on it, though. All right. So. I'm with it. If you're. I mean. If you're the Ralph Tresman of this podcast, you have to. You have to recognize the strength. (laughs) in that particular outing let me throw this out there at you so i didn't have i mean of course his statements are are ludicrous to some degree um but we're in this generational mix where nothing can be as good as it was in our mind like we're at that point right there's there's just not what are we going to accept as equally as good or better now than it was when we were younger you know what i'm saying I, is there anything? It's just different. It's different. What's hilarious to me is that I just saw, and I don't know if it's on this, I haven't listened to the Khaled record either, but there's a record that Joe did that Khaled produced um, not too long ago, like I think earlier this year. And the video, mm-hmm. in the video is a guy by the name of Puff Daddy. But I just imagine Puffy hearing Joe say this. <laughs> Oh my gosh! And, being and, like, who? and just being, being, yeah, just having his feelings hurt, like wanting to take a swing at J. Cole all over again for hearing that. That's such a weird story. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm with it. I mean, I, look, I, I, you can't really defend Fat Joe's statements here. What he's saying, I guess, if you're making it just absolutely relevant to the moment, I sure he's producing hits for big current big name artists that would be the only matching to quincy jones um yeah i'm not sure quincy jones made artists i don't know who dj khaled actually has made and i'm not saying that he hasn't i just haven't followed his career close enough Mm. to say yo he made somebody you know what i mean what what do you Um, want from khaled do you want do you want uh stories of khaled doing drugs with with uh, Grandmaster Melly Mel at the age of nine or something like that while he was DJing or something. It's like, come on, man. This is a whole different... It's a different time. It's a different life. Different dude. It's a, a total different thing. But I, I have a problem with the... Um, Huffington Post statement. I really do, man. Like, I actually do. Because we're going to do this with every urban music. And we're always going to use 
another urban artist or what you know another right. artist of color to right. undermine another art well yo he can't play the piccolo so we, you know what i'm saying it's like look dude they're doing music you know what i mean right. before any of this they you know before anybody could play a piano with somebody you know playing some animal parts skins and shit like the difficulty of how to complete this music or create this music is irrelevant is it dope are people receiving it well? End of story. Period. That's that's my opinion. I'm yeah. I'm just saying. Like I know dudes who could play tons of instruments, and they send me beats, and the beats sound like a whole lot of booty juice mixed with straight gorilla urine. It's they're horrible. <laughs> now sonically, they might be great, but they're horrible and they don't bang. So, mm. you know, what I'm saying, I get it. I I understand that argument, but I always feel like I always feel like. It's that sliding argument when it's a, you know what I mean? Like it just it just feels a little, little. Yeah, you know what I mean? I mean like Good I black said, people versus bad. Quincy and I know Jones Khaled is the Quincy black, Jones. You know? Quincy Jones is the Quincy Jones of hip hop. If you want to compare him to somebody else, why don't you compare him to Bob Geldof or someone? The guy who did USA for the Do They Know It's Christmas Time? Was that him? It's like a record that at the no time idea. was big, but in looking back, it's it's very it's problematic. It's like maybe that wasn't that good. <laughs> he brought together right. a bunch of stars, and hey, maybe uh, you know, it shouldn't have been as big as it was. It's it's crazy. Well, it was we're having this conversation. Yeah, we're having this conversation, but we know we can't defend Fat Joe's statements. Like no. all Nor I'm saying we. is exactly. I mean, Quincy Jones is the Quincy Jones of all things, bottom line. Mm-hmm. Like, Quincy Jones is just the Quincy Jones. DJ Khaled is dope for what he's doing right now. Quincy Jones has been <laughs> making hits for forever. Um, but again, the climate of music is so fast-paced, consume. Will ever, anybody ever do anything like what Quincy Jones has done again? People don't even care about the medium of music as much as they did back then. I'm talking, you know, how it's consumed. J. Cole did one of the illest freestyles or, or, you know, verses. And next week we wasn't even talking about it no more. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And now we're, we're talking about the record, but I guarantee you in two weeks we won't be talking about this record, but like off the wall, we lived with that record. We right. we lived with it. We we talked about it for we talked about it for quite a while before. And yes, because it was good, but also because how we consume music was much different. So I'm not willing, I'm I'm over the comparisons, era comparisons. It it mm-hmm. really is different now. Um and I'm not saying that because I just put out a record. Y'all can hate Crown Heavy or whatever. Whatever however you feel about my career as an artist is how you feel. It's not gonna change the fact that I'm doing doing well personally. But all in all. I'm going to say this. I've listened to the show and I've always got this point and then I double up my point. I'm going to double up my point though. (laughs) By the time I was putting out records, the reverence for artists had changed. Rap was a thing that everybody was doing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When prior to that, especially when I listen to some of these podcasts, one of the things that makes me laugh is how they talk about making records. It's like, they knew that they were producing a product that was rare. Right. It was like being, you know, being early on Bitcoin or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. By the time I'm putting out records, 
like Bitcoin is already, you know, everybody got Bitcoin at that point in time, right? Everybody got a cousin that rap. When I was in high school, nobody wanted to rap. Girls didn't like you because you rap. You was a horrible person for rapping. By the time I put out records, man, everybody was, everybody had a cousin that rap. They auntie rap. They 15 people had record labels in the same room. Record labels was growing out of other record labels. And if you got mad at your business partner, you started a record label. Like it was, it was a thing. And everybody had an avenue and everybody was a producer and everybody had a studio and everybody was a publicist. And everybody was like, it was a thing. You know what I mean? And now that everybody has even, has tripled even more. Totally. Yeah, I I I think that should be the 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 um that should be the the DMZ should be the period from then till now and before that when we said we're starting where if you didn't have to save money either for equipment or especially pool money to get studio time yeah. knowing that the the amount of money you could afford to spend on a studio was going to be at a studio where you were sure there was at least one gun somewhere in that studio, right? Because there, because it, yeah, yeah, it, it had to be, you had to, you had to, or else your whole studio would be missing. <laughs> then, <laughs> then I don't, then yeah, then you had a, you're living a different life. <laughs> your your experience right. is is different, and that's the thing when 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 I started. And look, this is years after Quincy Jones started, right? When I started, it was dat tapes, down, bounced to ADAT. You had to pay for your studio time. You had to pay for the tapes. Um, if you wanted reel to reel, it was actually more expensive at the time, like because you know it was much more of a process. Um, editing curse words on reel to reel was different. Slicing and all of that. And in the middle of putting out records, just just to kind of throw this out there, like. In the middle of me learning, the, going through the learning curve of being in the studio and working on things or whatever, all of a sudden people were recording at home. And then people right. started recording, doing their own artwork, printing that joint, burning all their CDs, all at the house. So it was dudes that was pressing their own records. Not that that wasn't happening before, but to the mass level it started happening, it was a whole different thing. Now look now, man, like you... You go, <laughs> you want to put out a record right now? Record whatever you want. You could download Audacity if you want. Put the beat on Audacity. You can make beats on whatever pirated software you want, even free software. Put the record out on Bandcamp and it's out. Then you get a, you sign up for DistroKid and then you put the record out and it's out. There's no vetting. It's just out. Like, how do we compare anything that happens in this era to Quincy Jones? Like yeah. what Quincy and them were doing and in the climate they were doing it in was setting the stage for so much greatness that it's even, you can't compare on that level, but you also cannot, I don't, I'm not accepting any musical comparisons right now. I'm not accepting any sales comparisons, Grammy comparisons. It, it's just different. What is happening now is different. I don't, I don't want to hear any comparisons. And I definitely don't want to hear real musician stuff from, you know what I'm saying? Culture Vultures. I didn't say it. Yeah. You just put them on timeout. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I just, you know, you can't do that neither. 
Fall back. Fall back. Yeah, chill out. Fall back. Chill out. Fall back. Yeah. Cause go ahead. Cool out. You gotta chill too. He <laughs> was a curator. You can make a beat then. <laughs> All right then. You know what I'm saying? I right, now holiday. Like Kanye. But that's and that's also the the, the other thing about hip hop. It's like I found myself asking, it's like, can DJ Khaled actually DJ? Can DJ, does DJ Khaled actually produce? And then I quickly realized before I ever let that question come out of my mouth aloud is who cares? It doesn't matter, but he can DJ though. Uh, right. Because I mean, the videos are out there. Like, and again, I'm not really a fan of Khaled. <laughs> I just find myself defending the era a little bit more. Like, stop, man. Leave, leave these people alone. Like, I mean, again, Fat Joe's statements were ludicrous and ridiculous. They're, they're a bit of a reach. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, I hope Khaled's, I mean, I hope Joe's on the record because that's the, the, the marketing of that is brilliant. I mean, yeah, you push that. But yeah, it was, it was, it was a bit much. It was a bit much, but the response was a bit much to me too. Like, you know what I mean? It's always one of those things. When somebody says something and they're wrong, but it's, it, it falls within the culture, I'm always like, ah, oh, man, but y'all about to be hella racist about this, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not so much racist, just a bit, a bit. You know? Oh. I mean, whatever, man. You're entitled. He's entitled to his own opinions. You know, I'm just, I just. Do you think. You know, I'm just going to call you clown for it. Do you think part of it is that, that, Joe is still still a little salty that he got ate up at the good life back in the day, and he's just mm. still scarred him, scarred him, just battle scars. He, he lucky it wasn't blowed. He would have got a please pass the mic. Um, <laughs> I think he, I think he did. Didn't did he, he get a please pass the mic at good life? I don't remember I'm that. Pretty sure it was it was a bad scene. All I know is that all I know is that when I was told the story, the person who was telling it, whose spot I don't want to blow up. Was giggling. <laughs> Here's the, all right. Before we move on to the next topic, we would talk. Uh, me and my man David talk about uh, the good life from time to time. And I was on the freestyle video, so a lot of people think that I was actually had ever graced the stage. I had never once graced the stage of good life. Mm-hmm. I used to rhyme outside, um, but I was a I was a fan that, that I was at, during the good life era. I was nothing but a fan. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, it just so happened that when Freestyle came out, I had had a perspective from a distance that, that you know, the producer respected and wanted to hear. But y'all were horrible managers and whatever label people for taking these artists to the good life without warning them about <laughs> what it was, yo. And I used to see it all the time. In fact, Joe was a name that that suffered that. But there were other artists that I watched go through there that had, you know, that they were just kind of, trying to circle their record around and LA is a good place to meet people. And then, okay, well let's go over to this good life place. And they're, they're like, Whoa, it's hip hop here. Let me get on stage. And this, you got to go. Too bad that CDC advice wasn't out back then. CDC has CDC should do a breakup to make up remix. First you love me and then you hate me. <laughs> All right, yo, let's go to topic number two, man. All you right. titled this one, Snot Nose Punk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> An abusive jet blue passenger who refused to wear a mask, speaking of CDC, now faces a potential $10,500 fine. The source for this is the Washington Post. 
Um, players involved are Jet Blue, an unidentified dum dum, snot, and a little pump. <laughs> <laughs> the Federal Aviation Administration announced this week that it uh, that it had proposed a civil penalty of ten thousand five hundred dollars against a Jet Blue passenger whose disruptive behavior on a flight included coughing and blowing his nose into a blanket. Good. Wow, man. The FAA alleges the passenger repeatedly ignored and was abusive to flight attendants who instructed him to wear a face mask. Um, the passenger's, dis- quote, the passenger's disruptive behavior diverted flight crew members from their duties. Airlines have reported about 1,300 cases of unruly passengers to the FAA since February, a huge spike apparently uh, compared to earlier years. The agency said recently it had identified potential violations in about 260 cases and had identified passengers of uh, of enforcement in about 20 of those cases kept. In March, the agency extended a zero-tolerance policy for unruly passengers that was first announced in January. The Transportation Security Administration last month extended its mask orders for people in airports and on airplanes, trains, and buses through September. Remember that, people, through September. The incident that prompted the $10,500 fine happened on a flight from Fort Lauderdale to Los Angeles on December 27th. While the FAA did not identify the passenger, JetBlue said at the time it had banned rapper Lil Pump for refusing to wear a mask during a flight. On that date and route, he yelled, slammed overhead bins, and shouted profanity profanities at the cabin crew, including threatening to harass a flight attendant during the entire flight. The passenger also cursed at the captain, the FAA said, and was escorted out of the terminal by law enforcement. It is against federal law to interfere with airline crew or assault or threaten crew members. Passengers can face civil penalties, criminal uh, criminal fines, and Kev imprisonment. Of course. Was it Little Pump? I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Why, but though? I just realized something. Why do they make mega masks? I guess, yeah, it's a good question. It's a very good question. Is it a big seller? Oh, it absolutely. It has to be, yeah. Yeah. Why? Doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, people... They should all very, have like holes in them or something. This is all very... Uh, all right. Mesh. Mesh MAGA. <laughs> mesh MAGA this mask. Is, this is all very 2020 energy. Mid-2020 energy. I don't know what it is, right? Yeah, why are you... Have we been yeah. done with this for a while? Yeah. This is new. This is the new season. You gotta... Come on. It's played yeah. out. Boomer. Yeah, it's played out. <laughs> I mostly brought this up because when we talked about the CDC, when they first made the announcement that, um, you know, the change in the mask, uh, uh, advice, right. Guidance. If you're, if you're, if you're fully vaccinated, and this is just a couple weeks ago, when they made that announcement, my first thing that I jumped to was one, what does it mean for kids? And two, shortly after that was, oh, Lord, are people going to be idiots? Right. I didn't. I don't care if people are out there. I assume everyone's lying anyway, in, in general. So I assume I'm not concerned whether or not 
have you actually been vaccinated? It's like, I just assume people are going to lie anyway. Sure. But, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't say anything really, except for to my wife. I didn't, you know, and lo and behold, I'm out there and we're in California. So it's a little bit different because we we're maintaining the mask mandate until the middle of June, but I haven't really noticed that much of a change to be honest out. It's not like I'm, I don't, I'm not out there seeing people acting like they are getting one over on everybody else by not wearing their mask. And most people are sure. just wearing them anyway. So it's like, you know, but uh, yeah, my daughter yeah. and I went to target Friday mm. and I, her and I played a game. We were like, yo, let's count the amount of people without mask in here. Mm. You know, and we, it was one. Oh, okay. One person and a child. A child didn't have a, a mother and a child, and she didn't have the child's mask on. So one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there, I mean, there's several people. Full parking lot is Target, right? So it's full parking lot, full of people. It's afternoon, so it's not like I, we were early in the morning when nobody was there. We were there during a pretty peak time, and yeah. only one person didn't have their mask on. Um, I mean, I, I don't have any plans of taking mine off. I'm probably not going to take mine off for like a year. Like I'm still... I'm I'm really happy not getting sick with anything, let alone yeah. COVID. I'm, yeah, I'm I mean, because I think everyone was also like, "Oh man, am I going to get in a fight after Tucker Carlson said his thing about calling the cops on parents who let their you know make their kids wear masks?" I'm like, "This is not good." But nothing happened. He's an idiot. Yeah. Whatever. And also, I mean, for me, I'm just like, that's great. If you happen to live by yourself and you're fully vaccinated and all the people that you're around are adults and they're all fully vaccinated, great. But I, I'm not going to do that. Like, I, right. we don't know how what the long-term, near-term and long-term effects could or would be on kids who aren't vaccinated. There seems to be a lot of science that they're going to they're gonna be all right. But, hey, we got a few more months maybe until until they got, you know, they got something that'll work for the kids. I'm good. Um, I'm fine. I went out on Friday. I went to Keepers. Shout out to Icy Ice one year anniversary on Twitch. It was dope. It was everything about it was dope. On a personal level, it's scary. Mm. Things are relatively normal for a lot of people. People want to get back to some form of normality. I mean, we've been, just sure. been living in this abnormality for a while, so I totally understand it. Man, I I really haven't shaded anti-maskers. Or anti-vaxxers very, very heavily over this time. I mean, I have my opinions, but I get that this is an un a pandemic is not a common thing that we're all like, all right, well, we've been through this five times already. How do we still we've never been through this before in our right, lifetime? Right, right. So I mean, and people have been like, well, what about H1N1? And I'm like, but what about you being stupid? Like it wasn't the same thing. So what are we pretending like this was a you know major thing for? Like it's it wasn't to this level. But look, man, getting off of air, getting on an airplane airplane is already like straight petri dish. Like it's already like, yo, I right, I'm gonna get off of here. I don't know if it's an allergy or cold or just a reaction to the air conditioning or, or cabin pressure. But I know that I'm gonna be nasally, and you know, and for the next. Three hours after I get off this plane, I'm gonna have to figure it out. <laughs> like you, you know what I mean? So the the crazy thing about that is that 
what it seems like we have learned is that airplanes are potentially better at handling the air. We always blame air the recirculated air, right? On why we get right. sick on airplanes. I think why we get sick on airplanes is because we are nasty people. We are nasty degree. beings, right? So yeah, yeah. We, you know, wear, wear the mask. I mean, that's the thing. Even if it goes until the end of this year or long or slightly longer until our kids are taken care of, what's that, a few months? I'm good. Yeah. I'm straight. Because I also sort of game this out after I calm down is like, because at first I just want to be like, don't get vaccinated. I don't care. Go. Don't wear your mask. Go ahead. <laughs> we're going to do what we're going to do. So if you drop dead, who cares? But then I'm right. like, am I really going to take a victory lap because you were so stupid that you went <laughs> Being I, one I of knew the that last I ones to die, right, 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 right. As as everyone's about to get back to normal, and you're going to be the one who ends up, you know, on a on a uh, um, on a ventilating ventilation machine because you were you were so eager to go see uh, what Birds of Prey in a theater or something <laughs> like that. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to wear a mask for a very long time, especially on a plane. Like, I feel just like don't, I feel like don't look I might at kids be all dude. crazy, though. I know. I just got to stop. Make sure that I'm not making faces of kids. But I mean, I might be a little lenient or whatever. Maybe, you know, after maybe maybe shorter than I think. But I, it's a comfortable thing for me now. Like, I'm very comfortable with with the idea of wearing a mask wherever I go. And I'm imagining during flu season, I'm, I'm going to feel like, yo, why not? It's, it's here. Might as well just do it. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see, though. If I go to the, I mean, we'll go to the movies, I'll just fill it up with popcorn. <laughs> yo. <laughs> yo, when's the last time you've been to a, um, like to see a comedian, Kev? Oh, oh uh couple years ago well i didn't actually wasn't for the comedian though but um yeah i saw opening up for i think it was opening up for lauren hill but it was uh ashy larry and um and and michael che so word up that's 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 two excellent comedians shout out to my man dennis birch we call him six rock um he's the last comedian that i went to see personally he's hilarious um, Mike Epps is an excellent comedian and he is our third topic for today Kev's title for this is he wasn't ready for the kickback <laughs> here's the reason why Mike Epps just got caught slipping source of this is the source <laughs> Mike Epps cheek one and cheek two alright here we go The all about the Benjamin star invited the woman onto stage but didn't notice her leg injury, which created a string of jokes for the 50-year-old comedian while inviting the woman onto the stage. Somewhere in between the woman becoming the butt, quote-unquote, of Epps' jokes and her exiting the stage, Epps took a swat at the woman's butt, which sent him flying off stage, sending the crowd into erupting laughter. Yo, Kev, was he okay? I, I remember seeing the clip, but I don't remember seeing him get up. I, I think he was just. I think he was laughing at himself because he didn't fall off okay. the stage. I think he fell. He tripped, and I think he tripped yeah, over the mic trip. cord. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he took a straight yeah. up like cartoon level spilled. tumble. Like <laughs> it was, it was rough. It was a rough, rough, rough <laughs> landing. 
Yo. This the only thing I have comparable to this is when Nas. Remember when Nas tripped and flew off of the stage? I I think you've told me about this, but I don't know if I remember it. I, well, it, it's a video. Like it was a, it, it was like oh, last okay. year, the year before. It could have been last mm-hmm. year, so it had to be a couple years ago. Is he he just took a dive off of the stage and he tripped over something? I think he tripped over the monitor speaker and just flew towards whoever was wow. filming. And I was like, oh, that has to hurt. Ooh. I mean, it's got to happen. It happens, right? It happens. Yeah. It's it funny because if Aloe Black, if you're listening to this show ever, especially this episode, <laughs> one time we had a debate, a mini debate about what would happen if you tripped over a mic cord on stage, mm. right? You'd now, fall. Aloe was like, Aloe thought like it would just yank the cord out of the mic. And I was like, dude, no, you would actually trip. You know what I mean? And he was insisting upon, uh, he kind of dismissed me. And I was like, I don't care how many colleges you graduated from. It's a core. People trip over them all the time, right? So here we are. Mike Epps and Nas have proved me right, Aloe. You can't you think, trip over my court. You think Al- Aloe has done quite a few shows since then, I would imagine. Do you think he's oh, ever tripped over my court since so, then and just fell down no. and been like, track? <laughs> no. Aloe is so excellent on stage. He floats. He does. I don't even think Aloe touches the floor. You, know, you can't trip if you float. You can't trip if you float. I mean, you probably could, but but Aloe can't. You know what I mean? He just ascends for the whole show. What if? What's more embarrassing, tripping on a mic cord or having a cordless mic and then also tripping? Which is what Nas did. Um, <laughs> I feel like Nas tripped over the monitor speaker or the or the cables by the monitor speaker, but uh, oh, it has to be tripping fun. with a cordless. Because I can't, imagine, man, I can't imagine Nas tripping. The only couple times I've seen him perform live were very early in his career, and the stage could have been like a foot, foot and a half square, and he'd have been fine because he did not. He was in a zone, but he was also new, right? And he was like, like man, did not move. He just he. Rapped. Last time I saw him was with Damian Marley. He was nice. He was uh, nice, and I I remember hearing people being like, and I was like, nah. He he must have grown because he was nice, nice yeah, on stage. Well, so, yeah. so yeah, it's probably probably it happens, Mike, coached him to that. Well, you know, he is the I don't know who would be that uh, Quincy is the Michael Jackson. I don't know who's the DJ Khaled you know, is the, the Savion Glover of of hip hop. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, watch out for Huff Post. You know what I'm saying? Don't watch out. He's not put me on timeout. He's not from the Harlem Renaissance, so you can't give him any credit for his accomplishments. <laughs> anyway, um, yo, thank y'all for tuning in, man. My name is Trek Life, and that right there, right there, is your homeboy, Kev's Coda. <laughs> Over there. <laughs> That's your fam, Kev's Coda, man. Um, Thank y'all for tuning in. Once again, we appreciate each and every one of y'all for real. If you want to catch past episodes, you can tune into rapsucksradio.com or any of your favorite podcasting platforms. We are on all of them. Or you can catch this on your TV on BTSN. That is Behind the Scenes Network. What you do is you... That's funny. I'm getting a call right now from my wife as I'm doing this. Um, what you do is you download the app or channel on your Roku or your Fire Devi- uh, Amazon Fire device. Click on that. We are right there with plenty of other dope content. Okay. Plenty of other dope content. BTS and Behind the Scenes Network. 
<laughs> we went right. in. And you can also catch us on YouTube, Rap Sucks Radio on YouTube. Thank y'all for tuning in. On the count of three, we say peace. One, two, three. Peace. peace. And we out, y'all. She's going to be mad at you.